Welcome to the Iowa Hawkeye Sports Fan Podcast, a little unplanned podcast today. This is Jimmy Hawk, and I was planning on waiting until after the weekend, see how the Hawkeyes did, but this is just such an unbelievable Hawkeye Sports Weekend coming up with men's NCAA action, women's NCAA action, the wrestling championships this weekend in St. Louis. I just couldn't hold back. I wanted to talk about it. I'm going to spend most of my time talking about the West region in the men's bracket where the Hawkeyes are. I've been, I've been kind of studying that and, and seeing what, what the Hawkeyes have coming at them. But first, I want to talk a little bit about the women's team. You know, they lost in the Big Ten championship game, but a great run for them secured a five seed in the NCAA tournament. And they're going to face the Chippewas of Central Michigan on Sunday. Should be able to advance there. And tune in, if you can, to watch the Hawkeyes, led by unbelievable freshman Caitlin Clark, who's won so many awards this year. She set the Big Ten record for Freshman of the Week awards and uh, had several Big Ten Player of the Week awards. She was the Big Ten Freshman of the Year, second team AP All-American, just a fabulous player. As a true freshman, she looks like a senior out there, leads the nation in scoring, averaging just under 27 a game. She leads the nation in assists and three-point field goal makes as well. So what a, what a huge season uh, for Caitlin and, and a great season for Lisa Bluter and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wrestling starts on Thursday, and the Hawkeyes are favored to win it all this year. Likely would have last year if it wasn't canceled. That was just so disappointing last March when, when all this kind of just fell apart. And really hoping to see a 24th National Championship banner hanging from the rafters at Carver Hawkeye Arena uh, due to a wrestling championship. And Iowa advanced 10 wrestlers to NCAA tournament this year. I think Missouri is the only other team that advanced that many. And looking forward to see what Spencer Lee, Ironman, Marinelli, Kemmerer, and the others are able to do out on the mat. How many will advance to the finals? How many points the Hawkeyes can rack up? And, you know, this is what, this is what they put in all that work for. Um, it's, it, this is it right here. This is, this is put up or shut up time. And, and the Hawkeyes are going to go for that national championship. I think they're going to bring it home. Um, you know... They get the, they they're fighting for individual honors as well. So I mean, this is this is what they do it all for. They didn't get to wrestle as much as they hoped for this year. There were some some cancellations due to COVID, um, and I'm sure this team is pumped and ready to go after winning the Big Ten championship. And the Brands brothers, rest assured, they're going to have the Hawkeyes ready to go on Thursday. Well, I've spent some of my downtime looking at the Hawkeye men's NCAA basketball bracket in the West Region. And now I'm going to spend some time talking about that. First off, I want to talk about the safety protocols for the NCAA tournament. All games are being played in Indianapolis at four arenas. The Hawkeyes are playing at the smallest of the four arenas being used this weekend, Indiana Farmers Coliseum. And it holds about 6,800 fans. We'll have just a fraction of that with COVID rules. I believe a little bit under 2,000. Lucas Oil Arena, where the Colts play, is the biggest arena being used. And that'll be the site for the last few rounds of the tournament. Well, Farmers Coliseum is where the Pacers played in the 60s. It's home to IUPUI, Indiana University, Purdue University out of Indianapolis, who plays in the Horizon League. So it is set up to play basketball, but it's a smaller arena than the Hawkeyes are used to, other than when they've played in early season tournaments in past years. Well, Mike Kloss of the Sea Rapids Gazette had a nice article about the arena and noted that there's some real history there with past concerts, some politics, but Elvis has played there. Uh, the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, and you can rest assured, speaking of Elvis, that Hawkeye Elvis will be in the arena this weekend, probably sitting with his pal Frank Garza 
and cheering on the Hawkeyes. When teams arrive in Indy, they get tested for COVID and they get a red wristband to indicate that they haven't cleared testing yet. After a minimum of 12 hours, they can get a second test and then get a blue wristband to indicate they're awaiting the results for the second test. If that's negative, uh, the team can get together for practice. Uh, prior to that, they're alone in their room, um, you know, waiting to see if they can get out of their room. Uh, each player has their own individual room. They don't have a, a, a roommate like they typically do on a road trip so and that's that's for the whole tournament so it's kind of like being in isolation you know thankfully we have technology today you know FaceTime play video games there's so much technology and things that people could do they can watch game film on their iPads etc I don't know how this would have worked 20 years ago with people just sitting in their rooms reading a book watching TV but but with all the technology today it's probably gonna work out Connor McCaffrey, you know, he did talk about how, you know, how difficult it's been or how just different it's been staying in the room all the time. And, and Iowa had to uh, quarantine after the Big Ten tournament, even though they were already in Indy. They had to wait several, you know, about a, a day before they could get together again and had, had to have the two uh, negative tests. So, but they can't walk around the hotel. They can't, they can't go for a walk outside on a nice day and enjoy some sunshine. But yesterday, the team did get together for a wiffle ball game in a park near the hotel, and you could tell the players had such a great time getting outside, getting a little bit of sun, and getting out of the hotel rooms. And it was a creative thing for the Hawkeyes to, to do, to get the players' mind off what's going on for a little bit. Uh, just get them outside and feel a little normal again. And they're going to need to do some things like this if the tournament goes how they hope it will, how we all hope it will, and they spend several weeks in Indianapolis. Now remember, they've already been in Indy for over a week for the Big Ten tournament. So, you know, this really could be several weeks and we sure hope so. Well, I, for sure, I have March Madness right now. Um, so excited for these games to get started. And they start on Thursday night with the first four games and March Madness will be in full swing. There's some interesting games here in the first four even. Drake and Wichita State play early in the evening. UCLA and Michigan State play late, late in the evening, so. Uh, it's March, so it's time to see what Mr. March, Tom Izzo, can do in the tournament as an 11 seed. And he's got an extra game this year in the first four. But, you know, might as well get into these games early, see what Drake can do. Drake has a 25-4 record, and they've had some real injury issues. They lost their leading scorer midway through the season. They lost their point guard. I believe the leading scorer is coming back and is going to play some uh, on Thursday. But... What a great job of coaching at Drake for Darian DeVries. He's from Applington, Iowa, and he's the brother of former Hawkeye Jared DeVries. And Jared was just an unbelievable defensive lineman for the Hawkeyes. Played 10 or, 10 or 11 years for the Lions in the NFL, and he was a three-time three first-team All-Big Ten selection, consensus All-American, and Big Ten Defensive Lineman of the Year when he was a Hawkeye. Well, Drake and Wichita State are 11 seeds, and the winner will play six-seed USC on Saturday in the West region, where the Hawkeyes are the two-seed. It's the first time the Hawkeyes have been a two-seed or better since the great 86-87 team that I've talked about in the past. It was, it was Roy, BJ, Kevin Gamble, so many other great players under Dr. Tom Davis, who went 30-5 and and lost a one-seed UNLV in the Elite Eight. And the Hawkeyes had a big lead, just couldn't quite hold on, but man, what a game. What a tournament that was. Uh, Gamble's game winner at the buzzer over Oklahoma in the prior game, something I'll never forget. Well, Iowa has a similar challenge in this tournament with a potential matchup of Gonzaga if they can make it to the Elite Eight. But let's take a look at the West region where the Hawkeyes are before we get too far along here. 
So number one seed, Gonzaga is playing 16th seed. It's TBD uh, at this point. It's its first four teams, so they're going to be playing on Thursday night to determine who gets to go run into that buzzsaw. On the opposite end of the bracket are the Hawkeyes, two seed playing Grand Canyon from Phoenix, Arizona, with first-year coach Bryce Drew. Now, Bryce's brother Scott is the coach of one seed Baylor. It's a basketball family. Their dad was the coach at Valpo for years. And he's been a head coach in the SEC in the past, so a very experienced guy. And Bryce took over for Dan Marley, who had been the head coach at Grand Canyon for the prior seven years since the inception of the basketball program at that school. And Dan Marley is the the great Phoenix Suns player. Um, So very interesting interesting there. Uh, Kansas is the the three seed. They play 14 seed Eastern Washington. Virginia, the four seed, plays 13 Ohio. Number five, Creighton plays 12 seed, the Gauchos of UC Santa Barbara. And I mentioned six seed USC versus Drake or Wichita State. Seven, Oregon versus 10, Virginia Commonwealth. And then finally, you've got eight, Oklahoma versus nine seed, Missouri. Well, that's the West region. And what does this mean for the Hawkeyes? First off, getting a two seed is just absolutely huge because of the matchups that the Hawkeyes are going to get in the first couple of rounds of the tournament. You know, the first key is not overlooking the first round game because upsets happen in the tournament more and more these days, and Iowa needs to be ready to go against Grand Canyon. Um, you know, in the, in the first round, this Grand Canyon team won the Western Athletic Conference Tournament to get the automatic bid. It's, it's the Antelope's first time in the tournament. They were 17 and 6 this year, and the Lopes are led by a 7-footer, I don't know if I'll be able to pronounce this right, but Asborn Mitgard from Denmark, who averages a double-double, 14 and 10, transferred from Wichita State. So that's going to be a fun matchup with Luca Garza uh, to see that uh, see Luca going up against a seven-footer. But this team isn't used to this type of spotlight, and I think Luca, uh, Weezy Jabo, and the season team will move on to the second round. The Hawkeyes are 11 and 0 all time against teams from the Western Athletic Conference. If the Hawkeyes move on, they're going to play the winner of Oregon and VCU, Virginia Commonwealth. And Oregon lost to Oregon State in the Pac-12 Tournament Championship, but they won the Pac-12 Conference in the regular season. And they have a really good coach, Dana Altman, a very experienced coach. He was at Creighton for many years. And I'm picking Oregon to move to the second round. They have five players averaging at least 10 points a game. Really good offensive team. Uh, Interesting matchup, though, with VCU being one of the best defensive teams in the nation. Well, the way Iowa's been playing overall, I expect the Hawkeyes to get a win in the second round, probably against Oregon, and move to the Sweet 16 to likely play the Kansas Jayhawks. And the NCAA tournament always has these little interesting things in the brackets, like how they put Wichita State uh, potentially matching up with Kansas in the second round, or even Drake versus Iowa in the Sweet 16. You know, I don't know how good Drake is. It's probably not realistic. But, uh, you know, a team has to be pretty good to get 25 wins. And uh, they've got their leading scorer coming back who's been out. So, you know, their, their conference isn't the greatest out there. But uh, it still has to be pretty good to win 25 games. So it's going to be interesting. But likely it's going to be Kansas in the Sweet 16. And they haven't quite been the Kansas of old this year. At least that's what I've been hearing people say. They dropped out of the rankings midway through the season, but they ended up on a pretty good run, and they got the three seed. So uh, they ended up second place in the conference, a big Big 12 conference, 12 and 6. Couldn't compete in the Big 12 conference tournament. Uh, couldn't complete that with a couple of players testing positive for COVID. Uh, 
So pretty good year overall for Kansas. And Kansas also played Gonzaga. They lost 102 to 90. Um, it was the first game of the season. Very similar to the score that the Hawkeyes had against the Zags in an early season contest as well. But Kansas has a win over Baylor this year. You know, they have some big wins. And I think it's going to be a really good matchup. But I'm picking the Hawkeyes to advance. And with the way the Hawkeyes are playing defense right now and, and Iowa's offensive efficiency, I think they're going to be too difficult for the, the Jayhawks. But, you know, Iowa's going to have to hit threes to advance, especially in the Sweet 16, but also in the second round if they don't want to get an upset. And if they aren't able to hit threes, then they're going to have to just play phenomenally on defense. They're going to have to get a lot of points in the paint, just really banging it in with Luka getting 30, 35 points from him and getting to the line a lot and scoring a lot of free throws. Well, if the Hawkeyes can get past the Sweet 16, they will most likely meet one seed undefeated 26-0 Gonzaga, the top one seed in the tournament. Boy, what a rematch that would be for the Hawkeyes in the Elite Eight. And you have to hand it to Gonzaga for the schedule they played prior to the conference. They played West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa, Auburn, Virginia, uh, they weren't backing down, and they got through all of that with zero losses. So I'm going to reserve any predictions on this one to see if we end up this fortunate and get to see the Hawkeyes in the Elite Eight for the first time since 1987. So we'll be talking about that next week, hopefully. Well, Iowa's last three appearances in the NCAA tournament ended in losses in the second round. 2019 was the win over Cincinnati and loss in overtime to number two, Tennessee. What a great game that was. And the last time Iowa made it to the Sweet 16 was 1999 in Dr. Tom's last season as a Hawkeye. And prior to that, it was the 1988 team that lost to number one, Arizona, in the Sweet 16 after wins over Florida State and UNLV. Well, it's a big deal for the Hawkeyes to be a two seed, you know, getting some pretty good matchups in the tournament and hopefully to be able to advance through the first weekend and get ready for just some huge games the following weekend uh, with the possibility of playing in the Sweet 16 and maybe even further. And I've just enjoyed watching this team so much this year, hoping these players get several more games to play together. I don't want to see this exciting basketball team with superstar Luca Garza, fellow senior Jordan Bohan, and all the things he's done in his career. I don't want to see them finish too early. So, you know, this is their last time playing in the Hawkeye uniform. Hope they can make a lot more memories. Well, Iowa is 11-5 against tournament teams. Four of those losses are to one seeds and the other loss to a two seed. Hawkeyes lost to Illinois twice, Michigan, Gonzaga, and Ohio State. And this team won't back down to anyone. So I think we're really going to enjoy this weekend. Uh, let's hope so. I'm so excited. I can't wait. But uh, let's get ready for a bunch of basketball and be thankful that we have a tournament this year. And let's go get some wins. Go Hawks!